This is a podcast from ABC Radio Overnights. I'm Rod Quinn. Sometimes it's a phone call, sometimes it's a text message. The text is usually with information about a parcel that needs to be collected. The phone calls can be from anywhere in the world, in Australia or somewhere in Europe or South America. Mostly, if you answer the call, no one responds and then they hang up. What's the point of all this? We all know it's a scam, don't we? So what damage can be done? Delia Rickard is the Deputy Chair of the ACCC. Delia Rickard, welcome to Overnight. Hello, Rod. Lovely to be here with you. Let's start with the text messages, because perhaps they are the most dangerous. What's going on with the text messages about a parcel that needs to be collected, otherwise it'll get sent back to the uh, distributor? Well, there's a number of variations with this, but I'm going to start with the flu bot, which is this scam that has literally hit Australia like a tsunami since about the 4th of August. And it has two versions. One, you get a text message that says that you've got a missed call. And instead of getting you to just, you know, press the three numbers you normally press on your phone to hear your messages, it sends you to a website. It looks like the, the message sending you there has got five gobbledygook sorts of numbers and letters. Then it says miss call. You go to the website and then they tell you you need to download something to hear your messages and that your message goes for a certain amount of time. You download that and it is malware, which I'll get back to in a minute. The other version is it's telling you that um, you need to go to a website, download an app to track your parcel, organise for its delivery, various number of versions of the parcel delivery. But the ones that are going around at the moment are all mostly the same Flubot scam. We have had more complaints about this scam in under a month than anything else I can remember in the last 15 years. I think we've had well over, around about 9,000 complaints since the 4th of August. So it is absolutely everywhere. I will say, though, that I got the parcel delivery text about 20 minutes ago well that one started on the weekend we started to see the parcel delivery version and what happens if you download if you press the button whatever you do if you go away from this interview remembering nothing else never ever press on links from emails or sms's that you get out of the blue if you do press that and you download the malware it can read all your contacts and it sends all your contact details to this sort of central pool run by scammers. It can also read your SMS and send SMSs and it can send phone calls from your phone without you knowing it. And the really scary thing is we think it can compromise your access to your bank accounts. It, it seems what it does is it, when you go to log into your online, to your telebanking, it pops up a an imitation login screen. So you think you're logging in, but you're not. And we believe it can also read your passwords. So if you've downloaded it, don't open any accounts, don't put in any passwords, delete the app, but then you have to clean your phone. And to clean your phone, I would contact my telco and get their best advice. I know Telstra says just um, Google Telstra flu block and that will take you through their advice. And uh, the carriers, I'm sure, have something similar. What if you are expecting a parcel delivery? Still don't click, click on links. Just go back to the old days. It just It'll be there when it's there. Who's doing this? Uh, look, we believe these, are, these ones are all coming from overseas. The vast majority of the, the scams that hit Australia en masse are from overseas. This particular scam started in Spain last year, and it's really scary. Um, 
in Spain in late 2020, it infected about 60,000 users, but it collected around 11 million phone numbers. And with those phone numbers, they're sending out more SMS and more phone messages. So it is very difficult. I know the telcos are all working out how to try and stop it. It's also been spreading through Europe this year and has now unfortunately reached here. So then when the phone rings, if you ignore them, do they go away? Do they think, okay, that phone number no one answers, we'll just try somebody else? Remembering that in terms of getting the flu bot into it, it's just an SMS. The number that's ringing, many people then call back the number that they think the SMS or the text call came from. And that person is completely innocent. They've had their number stolen from somebody's contact details. If this is happening to you, first, I'm sorry, I gather it's incredibly inconvenient and annoying and people get multiple calls. But don't go and call the people and abuse them because they are also victims of all of this. Okay, so just on one day this week, I had calls from Nigeria, Brazil, France, South Africa, the Netherlands, rural Victoria as well. You're saying that those people are not involved with the scams, that they are phone numbers that have been hacked by the tech scam? It could be that that, or it could be what we call the Wangari scam, which is Japanese for one cut, where people from destinations where there are high charges for phone calls, enticing you to call. No, they call you, they cut off after one or two rings, and that what they're hoping is that you will call them back. And if you call them back, they will try and keep you on the phone as long as humanly possible because they managed to make a lot of money out of the very highly charged phone call. So it could be a number of versions. I mean, it's really interesting. We have seen more phone scams this year than ever before. We've had over 100,000 reports of phones, scams that initiate on the phone. There's a million types of scams they could be. We've over 58 million reported lost just to the ACCC. Now, when you think that the telephone companies are doing more than they have in the past to block these and that they have blocked over 200 million scam calls coming into Australia this year, it tells you the sorts of volumes we're talking about. Where do they get the numbers from? Are they buying lists from people who are selling them legitimately or is this all being done on the dark web or how does that happen? There are, again, multiple ways. So they, they, they can access telephone books. They can get them that way. They have computers that will generate numbers. You can buy lists on the dark web. They have things, for instance, some will be just you know from marketing that they have ones with people who have previously fallen for a scam. They call them suckers lists and scammers love to target them. Our data is collected in so many ways these days, Rod, that scammers have access to multiple ways of getting phone numbers. What if something does go wrong? Can anything be done about it? Is there any redress in getting money back? Do you need to talk to your telco or how do you manage to deal with this? Let me go through a number of scenarios. So if we go to the flu bot scenario, first of all, some people, depending on their plan, have found that they've had $30, $50 worth of charges from all of the messages that have been going out from their phone that they weren't aware of. I certainly know that Vodafone in the UK paid back their consumers. You might want to ask your telco to not charge you for those. If you've um, given away any banking details or you've lost any money, let your bank know immediately. Interestingly, the banks are getting a much better 
at recognising when money's going to a scammer and stopping it. Plus, sometimes, it's not the norm, but sometimes if you get onto them quickly enough, they can trace the money and bring it back. What tends to happen when you pay money to scammers, it will go into one account, then very quickly be transferred to another and another and before it heads off overseas. And it, you, with each extra step, it becomes more and more difficult to there and possible to get the money back. As a general rule, once you've done your dosh, You've lost it, but let your bank know regardless, A, so they can make sure that no more money is taken out of your account. And a lot of us have daily limits on our accounts so that they can't get it all in one go. B, in the hope that they might be able to get some of it back for you. What's being done on a government level to stop this sort of thing? An enormous amount, Rod's been done at a government level. In fact, I've been in this area for a long time and I've never seen more work done on scam prevention. So we've got law enforcement more involved than ever and we are seeing local arrests. I mean, just yesterday I heard of someone who's accused of conducting puppy scams, for instance, being arrested in Victoria. Um, so we do see some local arrests these days and much more police attention in the past. We also see law enforcement cooperating with international law enforcement agencies to try and stop these scams happening. We've seen lots of work from the bank. Banks to identify when money might be going to a scammer, stop it, try and get money back. Last year, the, the banks reported to us, this is just the top 10 banks, but they had stopped over $200 million worth of money going to scammers. So that's a big improvement. Western Union, those money remitters have done a lot of work. At the ACCC, we regularly get scam websites taken down. We also collect the data and where we've got permission to share data, we share it with social media, alerting them to scams on their sites, asking them to get rid of it, to, to job seeker sites, to a whole raft of private sector and platforms, alerting them to the scams there so they know what to watch out for and to particular ones so that they can be removed. So a lot is happening. However, this is huge, big, organised crime. The number of scams entering this country has never been bigger. And whilst I think awareness of scams and how to avoid them has probably never been higher, scammers are so good at taking a, a advantage of you know current situations, of morphing their stories so that it sounds real, of, of pretending to be trusted entities, that they are still, unfortunately, very successful. So simply at the moment... Do not open a text message that looks suspicious or indeed be very careful even if you are expecting a parcel and with the phone calls, don't answer them. Don't answer them. Let it go to voicemail. Look, the top advice that I give to people around scams and if you follow these bits of advice, you are likely to avoid pretty much all scams. And it's remember that scammers will always pretend to be some trusted entity or person. So a government agency, a bank, a utility, on social media they might pretend to be a friend or a family member. You can never know for 100% who you are dealing with online, whether it's on social media, internet, phone, etc., email, etc. So when somebody contacts you out of the blue, no matter who they say they are, Never give them personal information. Never, ever give them financial information like banking or superannuation details. Never, ever, ever give them remote access to your computer. And don't click on any links. And don't let yourself be pressured into making decisions. If you think something might be real, 
share the information or money, whatever, then go away, do a Google search of phone, phone, phone book check search for the contact details for the organisation or person they're pretending to be. Use those numbers, not the ones in the original contact, to get in contact and say, look, I've had this communication. Is it real or not? And, you know, inevitably you'll be told it's not real. So you follow that advice. It is a good start to not getting scammed. And also remember if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Is this just uh, another version of the email scams we used to get? Maybe some people still get them, but have they kind of moved into mobile phones, smartphones, rather than the Nigerian prints? Or I got an email once from uh, Dennis Thatcher, uh, the uh, husband of uh, Margaret Thatcher, um, saying that I was mentioned in his will. I mean, is this just a beefed up version of that or, or are they still around as well? Oh, the email scams are still around, Liv. I tell you, if I have a look right now, so we'd had, uh, 22,000 email reports for six months of this year with about 25 million lost to them. But I think scammers prefer the phone for a number of reasons, mainly because it's easier to manipulate somebody when you're on the phone. It's easier to instill a sense of panic, of urgency, so they don't stop and think. And they, they just are a lot more successful on the phone than they are through any other means. Look, it is absolutely awful. And, you know, I think as a society, we're all raised to have some trust. I mean, you would never get in the car if you didn't have trust. And our default often is to, is to trust. But unfortunately, when you're in any kind of online communication, you need to be sufficiently sceptical if you have not initiated that communication yourself. Delia, thank you very much for that. I really appreciate your time today. A pleasure, Rod. Take care. Overnights with Rod Quinn on ABC Radio.